Welcome to an all new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with author Holly James, who wrote the new book, Nothing But the Truth. I'm so excited to chat with Holly because not only is she a first-time author, but she's also one of the first authors I've had on this podcast that hasn't written a classic romance. She's written a really strong woman's fiction novel that poses a lot of important questions and raises a lot of good points. It touches on woman empowerment, equality in the workplace, life in a post-Me Too era, and so much more. So I can't wait to dive into some of those themes with Holly in today's episode. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, my chat with Holly James starts right now. Welcome, Holly, to this podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I can't wait to talk to you about this book. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for taking the time on your 4th of July. (laughs) Thank you. No, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm talking to like a a bookstagram celebrity. I'm so excited to to get to have a conversation (laughs) with you. Stop. I appreciate it. You're always like so kind in my DMs and listening to the episodes and like replying to my stuff. So this is very fun to be able to like talk to you face to face. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, before we get into this book, I would love to know a little bit more about you and like what you were doing before you were writing. Cause this is to my understanding, your debut, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in my, in my non-writing life, I'm actually a scientist. Um, very different from, Oh my God. <laughs> my all creative of these, activities. Yeah. All of these romance <laughs> writers in STEM is insane to me. Like it's <laughs> such a boom of all of you and it's incredible. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think about this all the time. I I feel like, so growing up, I was, um, very into like music. I'm a band geek, like lifetime band geek. So then I got into, I got into college and graduate school and was so heavily focused on science, um, that I feel like that creative side of my brain was kind of like dying for attention. (laughs) So then, you know, writing just, I mean, I've, I've also, I've been into creative writing my whole life too, you know, as a kid, but I, I never really pursued it seriously, um, until the past, I don't know, five, 10 ish years at this point, but yeah. um, it was almost like it, it kind of like burst out of me. Like I needed, I needed some kind of creative outlet. Um, and so yeah. I, I turned to writing. So now I have this balance. I mean, I obviously still have my day job. So I have this very um, kind of two extremes balance that I have to Seriously. work with all the time. And it's, it's fun. I really think like I, one needs the other, like if yeah. I stopped doing one of them, the other would suffer. So we'll see how long I can maintain both. <laughs> it's incredible. So what was it like writing this book? Like this was the, your first time actually trying to write a book or did you try to write in the past? And you said you dabbled in creative writing, but what, what exactly have you been like doing prior to this? Yeah. So, so actually this is not my first finished book. So I signed with my literary agent in 2019 as a thriller writer, actually. Um, okay. And my first thriller went out on submission and ended up not selling. Um, so then later that year and then into 2020, I was working on different projects. Um, and then I kind of, I feel like I, I joke with my agent that the pandemic like broke my brain. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do darkness anymore. Like yeah. I tried, like I, I think I'm this like, you know, dark brooding, mysterious writer, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so I, I got the idea for this book and I, I was, I just, yeah, like my brain was just like craving something happy and more mm-hmm. lighthearted and, and with a touch of romance and this mm-hmm. just came spilling out. And so since I've written this, I wrote this one in 
kind of the second half of 2020. And then immediately on its heels, I followed it up with my, my second book that actually comes out next summer, which is right. more, more kind of traditional rom-com. Right. So I don't know, man, maybe I was meant to be a happy writer all along. And <laughs> Crazy. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of that from writers, to be honest with you, from a bunch of different authors that I'm interviewing that have like totally had like brain not even like brain I don't even know how you would call it but like a reset as because of yeah. COVID and like just wanting to try no, something really. different and like obviously like craving that levity and needing something a little happy and so that's insane to me that this is just like a COVID story and <laughs> yeah, you just like a- yeah so what was it like going on sub with this book obviously a completely different experience from when you did it with your thriller it was definitely. So yeah, this, by comparison, this one was like a whirlwind. So my first, mm-hmm. my thriller, I think was on submission for, I don't know, three or four months, maybe before we kind of shelved it. But this one um, was on sub for two weeks and sold at auction, which was Amazing. really, really exciting. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of overwhelming. Um, but uh, yeah, so totally different than my first experience. And it, it was really kind of like validating, like, oh, maybe I can write in this genre, you know, right. when I when I originally started writing this, I, um, it was my first real attempt at kind of like comedy or something more lighthearted. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, right. and I, I remember when I pitched it to my agent, I told her, I was like, I was like, it's kind of women's fiction, kind of a rom-com, but kind of a speculative. So I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we'll figure it out. Um, but That's I amazing. mean, I guess it worked out. So here we are. <laughs> and then since like getting that book deal, how quick of a turnaround was it for you to like finalize the book? do the line edits, do the copy. It's like all of that. Like how quick of a turnaround? Yeah, that was, so I've, I've heard publishing professionals say they pretty much want like a finished copy of the book a year in advance. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of how it lined up. Time like doesn't make sense anymore with COVID. Yeah, but I, I think, know. So it, it sold January of 2021. And I think. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. So had you had a fast trajectory considering it's I did, now a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was originally going to come out in June of 22, but then I got bumped to July, but I think I was through with everything, all the editing by like early fall, I would want to say of last year. And then, you know, like they made the cover and and everything. So it feels simultaneously like extremely long and very short. Right. I'm sure. I'm (laughs) sure. I'm sure. I blinked, but also I've been waiting forever for this day to come. So. Oh my God. Very exciting. Well, this book is definitely like women's fic with elements of like romance and stuff. I'm so curious about how this concept came to you because I'm sure you've gotten this like since, since putting the book out and having other people read it, like it's, it's a definitely like a similar concept to the movie Liar Liar, which I love. So like, tell mm-hmm. me about the inspo. Did you like consciously think about Liar Liar when you were writing this book or only after, like, I would love to hear about that. I did. Yeah. So it was yeah. kind of a combination of two things. So one, like the, the very beginnings of the idea um, were in almost two years ago at this point. So like late summer of 2020. So I've yeah. been working from home for five months. Yeah. And I distinctly remember a day I was like laying on my bed, like staring at the ceiling, like life is so weird now. Um, and <laughs> I, I had this moment of just kind of thinking like, you know, I don't really go through the routine, like hair and makeup and like putting on my clothes to go mm-hmm. to the office. I don't do that anymore. And it just occurred to me how much time I was saving and how much just like generally happier I was. Like, I'm not really into, I've never really been into like tons of, you know, makeup yeah. and fashion, but um, so I kind of had been, you know, tolerating those routines for a long time. And just when they stopped, I kind of had this like, wow, like, why did I even do that in the first place? Like this kind of realization. Um, And so that was probably the very first like seed idea. So I was thinking of how I could potentially form a story around that. Okay. I really have a concrete idea. um, But thinking of like, okay, what if a woman just kind of stopped complying with all these expectations? Like what would happen? What could unfold from there? Right. And then 
coincidentally, so that was like floating around in my head for a couple of weeks. Um, and then truly coincidentally, a couple of weeks later, my husband was just randomly watching Liar Liar. Um, and yeah. I've seen, I've seen that movie so many times, you know, can yeah. probably quote it. And I remember thinking like, what if this was about a woman, you know, like just a full day of a woman unable to tell any kind of lies and not really in the sense that, you know, Jim Carrey's character is like a pathological liar, not yeah. like in that sense, you know, not yeah. like a degenerate person. Yeah. <laughs> Just confronting all of the like different types of dishonesty that women encounter, um, you know, when you get up to when you go to bed. And so that idea really merged with this kind of forsaken beauty routine epiphany that I had. And it, I don't know, just came together in my head. So I I started thinking of... The perfect yeah, blend, yeah. Of, of what if you know if she was if she was forced to be honest by whatever kind of magical intervention, yeah. What that day would look like and how it would play out. So, so yes, I know we, we we kind of branded it like a feminist liar liar, and I guess truly that's I mean that's kind of it, how it how it came out. It, it for sure is. Before we go any further, I would love if you could share with everybody listening or watching the elevator pitch about of your book of nothing but the truth. Yeah. So this book, nothing but the truth, is a story about a Hollywood publicist who on the eve of her 30th birthday and a big promotion at work, she goes to a bar to meet her boyfriend and he stands her up and she's kind of frustrated and she makes a wish over her cocktail for the next day to be the perfect day. Um, And then she wakes up the next morning and she's unable to lie to herself and to anyone else. And so it follows the whole thing. It takes place in a single day and it's basically 24 hours of her confronting all of the mistruths um and dishonesties that women are expected to to uh put up with and tolerate through a day and it's you know it ranges from everything from uncomfortable underwear all the way up to she's dealing with harassment in the workplace yeah i when i first read the synopsis of this book i think the book came to me i was looking at the beginning of the year like i wanted to forecast different books i wanted to read for the year and nothing but the truth came up and i read the synopsis and i was like honestly genuinely shook because I don't know if you know this, but like I'm approaching my thirties and I'm an entertainment publicist. Yeah. You mentioned that. And I was intimidated. I was like, Oh no. So I was like, I was like, okay, this is like hitting a bit too close to home. Like this is me. This is essentially me. So I went into it so weary. And like, I have to tell you that the parts about the publicist made me laugh so much, especially about just the general concept of like what a publicist is and like our, our main job obviously is maintaining the image of our clients. So the fact that like a lot of what your job, our day-to-day jobs entail is I wouldn't say lying, but like spinning the truth, manipulating the truth, presenting things in a nicer way. Right. So I loved the concept of like a publicist being unable to lie because like, I don't like to think that I'm a liar, but obviously at the end of the day, like part (laughs) of my job is obviously maintaining the image of my client. So like, how did you come up with the idea of the main character being a publicist, like, do you have any like indication or do you know anybody who's a publicist? Did you interview any publicists to write this character? Like, I would love to hear about the publicist background. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I initially, I just needed, I needed her to have a job where having to be honest would cause a problem, right? right. Where it would be, it could be funny, but it would also like raise the stakes of the story. And I couldn't make right. her a lawyer because Liar Liar is about a lawyer. Of course. So um, I love stories about fictional Hollywood. I love, you know, fake celebrities yeah. kind of indulge, indulging in that just yeah. ridiculous world that we all worship. Um, so I thought a publicist was kind of, kind of the perfect fit there. Um, and I wish I could say, I, I mean, now I know you, but <laughs> I, wish I could say I, I knew publicists, but I didn't, I mean, I did, I did some research, you know, online. Um, I remember some kind of iconic publicist characters from other stories, like the yeah. types of, of, um, 
uh, job duties they have and just kind of kind of ran with it. So yeah, I hope it's I hope it's accurate. I, did, I mean, I have had I've I've talked to since then have talked to people yeah. in the film industry and they're like, yeah, this is pretty pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And I was particularly just like laughing at the whole. And you kind of mentioned it before about the getting ready part, but like the having to just like be in a dress with the spanks, with the hair, with the makeup, like running around, like it's such an, an extra layer of this job that people don't think about or consider like our image too, as publicists. Yeah. And it just, it's for lack of a better word, like it is definitely a schlep. So the fact that you like <laughs> hit that nail on the head, right. And like, it's such at the beginning of the book of uh, her, just like not wanting to do her hair and not wanting to put on like mascara and whatever, like, and dreading putting on the spanks for the tight dress. <laughs> like it's just so relatable. So that part, especially being like in that world, I really appreciated. But the other part that I loved and I really resonate with, and especially as I'm approaching my thirties is obviously like the societal pressures women feel to advance their lives in a romantic familial sense. And like, mm-hmm. she obviously feels a pressure in her job too, but the outside pressures are coming at her from her family, friends, whatever, to get married, to start having kids, whether she wants to do that or not. And I found that that was very, very interesting. And the way that you built her out to like have those fears and that inner monologue of like, maybe this isn't what I want, but like, I'm getting it from all different directions was very, very interesting to me. Why? Did you want to add that element of her personality to the story? And so used to having everything in front of them right away that we forget that innovation just takes time. I, I myself, I get frustrated too. Why? And you know, this is being one of my best friends is, hey, I talk to you all the time. Hey, man, I'm frustrated in the fact that I can't seem to just get there in mm-hmm. the next day. But that's just not how these things work, right? Innovation needs to be planned out. It needs to be very methodical. And then when it finally hits, that's when it seems like to everyone else that it, it sort of just came out of nowhere. But to you, you know the amount of dedication that it took over that time. Yeah, so I think I, I wrote this story when I was, 31. So I was very close to her in age. And I just remember feeling all of those pressures um, at that time, you know, kind of, I I don't know whose rule this is, but it's like, oh, you're 30, you have to accomplish, you know, A, B and C. And and you're you're failing if you haven't. And that's ridiculous. Um, But I think I mean, for me personally, you know, I was in school for my entire life. So yeah, (laughs) I I mean, I have friends who are my age who have multiple kids and married and own houses. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a ton of student loan debt and (laughs) just completely different trajectory. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that pressure is put on women unfairly so much. Um, And I really wanted to capture kind of every facet of her life and all of the, um, I don't know if lies is the right word, but struggles with, with the truth and expectations, I guess. Um, so yeah, like you said, like hitting her career and her love life. And then just thinking about this expectation, like, Oh, you, you're going to get married and you're Mm going to have kids and it's just all going to happen. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times women aren't really given the opportunity to slow down and even think about if they want those things, they're just pushed in this path of like, this is what's going to go, what's going to happen next. So I did enjoy, um, being like, I don't know, kind of using her as a mouthpiece to, yeah, that's <laughs> to, a- to confront that. 
Yeah. And not only did you use her as a mouthpiece in the, in that circumstance, but also this book tackles a million different, really, really like timely and important issues. And it's just like such a fuck the patriarchy kind of book. And I don't know if you've gotten that before, but that was just the vibes. This book was spewing while reading it, but obviously it takes place in a post me too era. And there's a sexual harassment case that happens at her job. Why was that specifically that incident important for you to write in the book? And was it hard for you to write? Like there's a lot of the reclaiming of power in that, but was it challenging? I can't imagine writing something like that is easy in any way. It's pleasant. No, it's, yeah, Yeah. no, that's totally fair. Um, So yeah, I, I didn't initially plan for this story to have a me too element to it. It just kind of organically came out as I was thinking of the trajectory of her day and, you know, workplace mistreatment is just unfortunately so common that it just kind mm-hmm. of like made sense, especially in Hollywood, you know, we've yeah. heard of, of course I've read the headlines and heard all the stories. Yeah. So I felt like it, it kind of fit naturally, um, with the story mm-hmm. and it was, yeah, it was challenging to write, but it was also really like satisfying to like make her come out on top of it. You know, yeah. like, I, I love that. I love that scene in the book where she's like the, the real moment where she's like hesitating to say anything. And she just has this thought, like, you know what? Like, no, <laughs> I know how this story ends and I'm going to change the end. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was, I felt that was really like empowering. And I, it hope, was. I mean, if, if this can inspire anyone to speak up about anything, I'll just like, I can't even, I'm sure it will. How, how much, how happy that makes me. No, yeah, I know. I'm sure. I'm really sure it will. There was so many inspiring moments in this book, but the fact that Lucy couldn't tell a lie ever in this book, especially in that day was such an interesting concept. Were there any other lies or like situations you had her in that maybe didn't necessarily make the final edit of the book? Like, did you have any other ideas? So like the, the I'm always obsessed with like the logic of the magic. Like it has okay. to make sense. It has to make sense. Like yes. my, my agent and editors are always like, calm down. It's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that that's like the scientist part of my brain is I'm like, it has to make sense. But so like early, earlier, um, drafts, I had her more kind of like physically incapable of doing things. Like if she tried to do something dishonest, she would like trip and fall down and okay. that, that just w- wasn't working on the page. But then, no, I really did have to think about like, like, can she think lies? She can't just speak lies. Like it was, right. it was complicated. Um, but I think pretty much everything made it onto the page from my okay. original ideas. And I actually did. So when I was coming up with ways to fill up her whole day. Yeah. I, um, I, I set up a little poll on Instagram and I asked like, just for ideas of like, what are, what are things that women just put up with that we never talk about, you know? Yeah. And I got, it was basically just like, you know, my small group of, of followers before I was on bookstagram. Um, yeah. but, um, it was all, you know, like everything that's in there that like, um, harassment, obviously, but like, like, um, like bikini waxes and like, we don't talk about our periods and like, we don't talk right. about how our boyfriends leave their hair all over the bathroom and right. <laughs> all of these things that just kind of like minor frustrations. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really like validating because so many times, you know, someone would be like, Oh yeah. Like that's the thing that bothers me too. Yeah. Like, we don't anything. talk about so, it. Right. Yeah. So I hope, I hope all of those people I talk to can someday read the book and be like, yes, my, my complaints made it in there. <laughs> yeah. Feel vindicated. I love that. So there yeah. definitely is some elements of romance in this story. And as a romance book queen myself, I have to just <laughs> ask you, talk to you about them. What was that? Like, what were the most fun parts to write in romancy in the romancy parts of the story? Yeah, that was so, I'm, I'm always a little like, I know that you're the romance queen and I'm always like, when I, you know, talk to people like you, I'm like, Oh no, does it not have enough romance? Cause I didn't, I mean, it's not, 
I hesitate to call it a rom-com because I don't yeah. think it is. I think it's women's fiction with elements of romance in mm-hmm. it. Um, but I still wanted to like do that justice, you know? So of course yeah. she's, um, I knew that she was going to confront her current relationship was going to be honest about like, okay, this isn't working. Let's get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give her the opportunity to kind of like meet someone new and just be swept off of her feet. I, I did play with the idea of her being, you know, at the end, like, I don't need a man, I'm independent. But then I liked the idea of like her being, you know, from the very beginning when she meets a hot bartender, yeah. um, to like, be like, wow, I really like this guy. I'm really attracted to him. And then yeah. just watch it play out. So it was really fun to kind of tie in a few little tropey things like you know they keep running into each other and yeah of course he's a hot bartender and yeah he's unreasonably sweet and understanding about everything so that was fun it's particularly in comparison to the relationship she was in you know right. she realizes like she was she was gonna marry this guy and mm-hmm. was like not even close to how she feels about this guy she just met so right um yeah that was fun and I still I don't know I, I I'm like I blush sometimes even at like the slightest romantic thing so <laughs> it comes across as as sweet and loving on the page yes 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 of course of course so you kind of mentioned this before and I want to bring it up because it's also in your bio that you are a big fan of little touches of magic and Mm -hmm. obviously this book has a touch of magic so can you tell me about like your love for magic what kind of books or love stories or movies or things you were reading that had magic that made you fall in love with this because it's I find like if it's not used properly it's so not believable but in this book because it's like the birthday wish like it it all ties in and it's so cute so like tell me about the your love for magic and how you use it in this book and how you continue to want to use it yeah so I think I think I love it so much because like you said when used properly it can really like reflect reality or like tell a larger truth about reality um Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happens here you know and yeah and I've said this in um or actually I was just writing something about this for publicity, <laughs> I haven't mentioned it yet. but, but I think to me, like one of the, one of the craziest things about this book is like the hook of the book, the magical hook of this book, like the fact that that's a hook at all is yeah. so telling about reality that like, like I can, I literally wrote an entire story about a woman who can't tell a lie. Like that is like out there enough yeah. to be <laughs> worthy of a book. Um, so I think that's, that's what I like about it so much is it gives you the opportunity to kind of bend the rules of reality, but in a way that really kind of holds a mirror up and shows, you know, without this bit of magic, these certain things would never happen. Um, mm-hmm. and it just, I don't know, makes things a little, a little bit more fun to, set, to set things in a, a world with a, a slight touch of magic. So you yeah. you mentioned before that your second book is coming up next year. Mm-hmm. Do we get any info right now about what this book is about? Is there any magic? Like, is there anything you can yeah. share? Yeah. So there is. Yeah. So that one actually, the the deal announcement came out last summer. So it's like the it, the official blurb is, is it hasn't been released, but like you could find okay. it if you wanted to search for it online. But um, <laughs> yeah. So it's called the Deja Glitch, um, and it also is a touch of magic. I think I think we branded it as a. Um, Oh shoot. What was the term? I like, they made this up for me. I swear. It's like an, it's like a lightly speculative upmarket women's fiction. Okay. Love. <laughs> um, so very niche. Um, but yeah, so this one, uh, I love this one so much. So it's actually a play on a time loop story. So okay. it's the basic premise is um, strangers in LA who are stuck in a 24 hour time loop and they have to fall in love to break out of the loop. 
but the catch is only the guy remembers the loop and the girl feels like it's the first time they've met every day. Oh my God. So we, we only see a single day of the loop. And at that point, like he's head over heels for her and she doesn't know who he is. And he has to like convince her. Oh my God. And yeah. So, and that one, it's again, kind of set on like the periphery of the entertainment industry, but it's like music industry um, kind of, and, uh, and kind of the TV industry too. But um, yeah, that one was so much fun to write. And I, I really wanted to, for that one, the idea was I, I wanted to explore a story where within a couple, like one person couldn't remember the other yeah. person, but in like I love a that. funny way, not, not okay. in a tragic way, in a funny way. Okay, okay. <laughs> so like, you know, like it's me, I swear, you know me. And the other yeah. person's like, what? So, yeah. um, so that's where that came from. But oh my gosh. yeah, that, that book's currently in copy edits. Um, okay. and it's much more, uh, rom-com then nothing but the truth is is definitely okay. focused on the couple the couple's the central story um and I'm really excited for that one to, to start getting out there because I love it so much oh my god that premise sounds insane that's like a crazy <laughs> wild idea you'll have to come back when it comes out next year next summer and we'll talk about it I think I would really adore it but is there anything you're working on right now or has this been taking up all of your time yeah another great question um oh my god so, it's so busy I'm technically, uh, or, um, I am uh, currently working on um, my potential book three. So okay. my first, my first two books were each single book deals. Um, so I'm at the stage in the contract portion of book two where I can submit to my option book three, um, okay. like, like in the next week. So oh my, okay. I am, um, I'm working on that. I know it all like lines up and piles up. Crazy, very exciting, but overwhelming. Yeah. So. Um, that is hopefully, um, if my publisher loves it, um, <laughs> another more traditional uh, rom com. Um, so that fun. Be out in, gosh, 2024 at this point. But oh my God, yeah. wow. So I you know I get, I, I remember hearing at one point um, someone said, like, by the time you're doing publicity for book one, book two is in copy edits and you're drafting book three and like you can't keep them up. Apart. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm sure. Which character's doing what in my head. Yeah. But, oh my God. I, mean, I can't imagine. This is the dream though, right? This is, yeah. this is what I worked for. So it's for exciting. sure. It's amazing. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait. I'm sure everybody will love this book. I can't wait to read your next one. Like only going up from here, you know, only good things. Oh, thank you. I know I, it's, it's very exciting. And I, I know I have these moments of like, oh, it's going to be out in the world. Like people could can see it and yeah. hold it and read it and, and tell me what they think about it, which is terrifying. But exciting. I know, but, I know. So. No, it's exciting. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Just have to get the release day over with and then it'll be all exciting things. I know. I know. It's one week from tomorrow. So exciting. Well, by the time (laughs) this goes live, it'll be out so everyone can go run and buy it. Make sure you follow Holly on all socials. Slide into her DMs telling her how much you love it. But this was so much fun. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat. I loved getting to see you and talk to you face to face. So much nicer than over like texting on DMs. Yes. This was so much fun. Thank you again. Yes. And and thank you. And congratulations on the success of your podcast. It's so exciting. I remember just your whole platform. I remember when you reached out to me, I was like, I'm not cool enough to talk about it. But now I feel honored to be here with the caliber of other authors you've had on here. Dang. I mean, thank you. Good company. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, I'm always trying to give like, you know, trying to like give all the opportunities for all different types of authors and stories. And like, I'm down to talk to anybody who wants to talk to me. So like, I appreciate you taking the time, especially on your holiday weekend. Like it was so kind of you. So I appreciate it. Of course. No, thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye. Bye.